0: welcome everyone to equipping the body i'm dr brad starnes and we are continuing through the book of ephesians today and we are picking up with verse 22 and chapter number five so if you've been following us um, we left off last time on verse 21 of chapter 5, and so we're picking up in 22. So, give you a little bit of an idea, Paul is talking about marriage here. Uh, marriage is a Christian institution. Marriage was instituted in the book of Genesis. Um, marriage is something that the world has tried to redefine in more ways than one. Uh, marriage is something that is meant to be a picture of of the gospel, and that's why it's wrong to change it, because it's wrong to change the gospel. Paul said, if any man preach any other gospel, let him be anathema. That means cut off from God and accursed. Um, And so as we see Jesus uh, in the gospels reaffirms the biblical definition of marriage, and then Paul quotes Jesus here. So um, marriage, marriage is not whatever you think it is, okay? Marriage is what God has instituted, and we need to be aware of that. We need to defend that. We need to propagate that in our own lives by our own marriages um, and by our doctrinal standards as believers. So let's look at chapter 5, verse 22. He begins with the uh, ladies, ladies first, I guess. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in every thing. And so the first part is this, that a wife is not to be the ruler of the household. Uh, She's to be in the submission uh, to her husband. She is to follow his direction. He is to have the final say in decision making. Uh, he is to be the provider. He is to be the protector. Um, this is extremely unpopular today. Um, I know even I know people that claim to be Christians that that hate this verse. And I've I don't uh, just to be very candid with you. If you don't agree with God's word, you're not a Christian. Um, the Bible's clear. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, and it really doesn't matter what your opinion is. If God said it, that settles it, whether you like it or not. Um, and so just to be very candid there, submit your to your own husbands as to the Lord. The Lord is to rule our hearts and our lives, and the wife is to be in submission to her husband. Now, this carries over into the church. Um, we see in the church that... The New Testament is very clear uh, that elders and deacons are to be men. Um, that's, not, that's not biblical to have a female pastor or a female elder. That's a sign of rebellion. Uh, God created two genders, and there's only two, by the way, and he gave them both different roles in the home and different roles in the ecclesia, in the church. Now, you say, well... Doctor Starnes, you're you're just old fashioned. You're no, I'm just biblical. Okay, I don't I don't build my life um, or operate my ministries uh, in a way that kowtows to the culture, but rather in a way that capitulates to the Christ, uh, as Joshua told the people of Israel. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to do it the Bible way. And I can tell you, somebody that's been married for going on seven years, um, we've tried our best to do it the Bible way, and God has really blessed our marriage. So, kind of ran a rabbit there, but he said, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, the director, the leader. And he is the Savior of the body, okay? Now, is this? Does this mean that the husband can come in and just abuse the wife verbally or mentally or physically? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's not what Paul is saying. That's not what Jesus said. You will not find that in the Bible, and that's not what I'm saying. Um, and if that's your interpretation, then, I, then you need to go back and take some reading classes because that's not what the book says. Okay? This is speaking in terms of leadership and decision-making, not not beating up on someone or treating someone poorly, as we'll see as it carries on. And let me say this. Any husband that has any sense will listen to his wife and will discuss things with his wife before he makes a decision. That's just good wisdom. Um, so this is not talking about This is a picture. It's not talking about abuse. Okay. Now, you think the ladies had it rough. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. So that's a big deal. Hold on. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So, yeah, the ladies are to submit to their husband, but the husband is in turn to love her the way that God loves me and you. You say that's impossible. Yeah, it is. That's the point, is that your love for your wife is supposed to be um, so deep and so wide that you treat her with respect, with kindness, that you cherish her, you protect her, you are romantic towards her. You are willing to take a bullet for her. You treat her outside of Christ as if she is number one in your life. So let me say this, and I think the ladies would agree, that if a husband loves his wife like that, it's easy to follow somebody that loves you that much. And let me say this, and I think the men will agree. When a woman supports you and submits to your biblical authority, we hate that word submit, but it's a Bible word, and I didn't write the Bible. It's easier to love her and to cherish her. Now, both parties have a part to play. Um, Men typically thrive off respect. That doesn't mean they don't want love. And ladies typically thrive off love, but that doesn't mean that they also don't want respect. Okay. It's just more of one than the other. And so husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Man, he's given it to the men, isn't he? Loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church, for we are members of his body. So, Paul says, "Men, you're to love her, you're to protect her, you're. Let me put it in a modern way: you, you're to be crazy about her, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And you are to pro, uh, to help her grow spiritually as well. You are to be the spiritual leader as well. Now, here's the problem: some men want to be the physical leader." but they don't want to be the spiritual leader and that's why their wives i see it all the time in my line of work their their wives are coming to church late dragging two kids doing everything they can to uh stand in the gap while the lazy husband who needs to repent is sitting at home on the couch drinking beer or is out at the lake fishing or is such on and so forth. And here comes poor mama doing what the husband ought to be doing. And that ain't on her. That's on him. And so, you know, I hear, well, she, she don't listen to me. She don't. Well, why don't you start leading her so she has something to listen to instead of acting like a child and sitting at home Sunday watching the race? getting fat while you, when you should be at, at church with your family with a Bible under your arm, setting an example. Now, I had to go into preacher mode there for a minute, but I'm sick of it. I am so sick of it. Um, this generation of men are a bunch of beta males, and they don't want to lead, but they want all the power. Well, with great power comes great responsibility. Didn't you ever watch Spider-Man? And if you want to be the leader, if you want your wife to follow you, why don't you get off your rear end and do something worth following? And that's uh, that's my little rabbit trail for today, and I'll get off of that. But uh, the husband is to love the wife and to uh, help her grow spiritually just as Christ sanctifies and cleans. You're supposed to help your wife be sanctified, Um and so, that's that. And then he goes on to say, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Now, what is he talking about? Well, you feed your own body, right? You take care of your own body. You sick, you go to the doctor. You go to sleep when you're tired. You, you, you take a bath. You brush your teeth, I hope. Uh, you, you, you eat when you're hungry. You do all these things to take care of your own body, And what Paul is saying is you should also take care of your wife to the same level as if you were taking care of your own body. In other words, you should treat your wife in the way that you want to be treated. Again, I told you, the women, they have a little couple of verses about following the leader, but the men, they're getting it uh, laid to them. Why? Because, again, if you're going to have the uh, authority... There's the responsibility that comes with that. No one ever hated uh, his own flesh, but nursing cherishes it. So um, you make sure you're taken care of, you ought to be taking care of your wife. Um, It's not her responsibility, it's yours. Then he goes on to say this. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We are members of the body of Christ, those of us that are saved. For this reason, verse 31, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Whatever happens to you happens to her, and vice versa you're to be a team of one. You're to come together to be one flesh. Not you, your wife, and your mom and dad's opinion. We see that sometimes, don't we? But I wanna be very clear and candid, but be nice as I can be. When you put that ring on that precious Ladies' finger, it ain't mama and daddy's opinion no more. You need to be your own man and take care of your family. Take care of your wife. Ladies, that goes both ways. Mama's opinion don't matter, it's your family. Daddy ain't in charge no more, it's your family. Paul's clear, said, we leave the parents to go to the spouse. You have to be careful. I've seen it in my life where in-laws and parents get so involved in the marriage that they hurt it. And. Let me say this. What happens between husband and wife needs to stay at home. It don't need to go to the family dinners. It don't need to go to the Christmas get-togethers. It don't need to go to the workplace conversations. There needs to be a, a bond of sacredness between a man and a woman who are married. Now, he goes on to say, What I said earlier, that this is a picture of the gospel. He says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Okay. Now, some people who don't believe in complementarianism, who don't believe men are to be the leader, who believe in female leadership and the church and all, they say, see there, he was talking about Christ and the church. Sir, ma'am, read the next verse. Nevertheless, In other words, even though I'm speaking pictorially in the illustration of the church, he said, nevertheless, what I said is true. Let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Egalitarians, they hate that last verse because it tears their theories up he says, yeah, I'm speaking of Christ in the church, but don't miss this. Ladies, you still have to submit to your husbands, and husbands, you still better love your wife the way Jesus loves you. And that brings us to chapter 6, and I'm going to go ahead and start chapter 6 while we have time. He's still talking about the home. Chapter 6, verse 1, children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, when a child leaves the house, okay. I mean, what else can be done at that point? Um, What else should be done? Um, But if they're under your roof and your money, is putting clothes on their back and food on their belly, the Word of God demands that they give you obedience and respect as parents. Young people, if you're listening to this, you must obey your parents because obedience to your parents is obedience to God. God commands it. But let me say this about the culture in which we live. I see a lot of disobedient children, but I don't blame the children as much as I blame the parents. So what, what happened, and I don't know what caused it. I, I'm not a sociologist, okay? I, I, I'm a theologian, not a sociologist. I, I, don't, I can tell you it's a spiritual problem, but I don't know where it started. But sometime between the Gen Xers, okay, that's people that were teenagers in the early 90s, people that were born after the boomers, people I think it's what 87 and back somewhere between the Gen Xers and the pre-tech millennials that's people that were born uh, in the millennial generation but before the technological boom of the late 90s so that's me that's my generation people born in like 92 91 somewhere between those two generations we went from parents being in charge to parents being friends and I'm going to tell you something, I'm not my kid's friend, I'm their father, and until they reach adulthood and we move into that friendship stage, we're still in that authoritarian stage, my kids don't tell me what to do, I tell them what to do. And what I've seen is parents letting their kids make the decisions. I've heard it this way. We go to this church because the kids like it. Never mind what does the church teach. Is it theologically sound? Is it biblically correct? Is um, Is it healthy? Is it a healthy church? Well, the kids like it. So you're letting a child make spiritual decisions for your family. I'm sorry, but that might be the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire adult life. You're, you're, so you, what's next? You're going to let them make the financial decisions? Well, I bought this car because my, my daughter liked it. Be the parent. If your kids run your house, your house is wrong. And that's why your children act the way they do. They have no discipline. I remember as a youth pastor, I would watch uh, kids. Oh, man, it used to drive me crazy talk to their parents like they were a dog, call their parents by their first name and then tell the parents what to do. And the, and the parents sit there and just take it. Now, I grew up in the old school. My mama, if if I'd have done that to my mama, you'd have to come visit me in the ER because we, we, that just wasn't put up with. And you wonder why they grow up and they don't respect the police and they don't respect authority and they wind up in jail or dead or or. Uh, with a mess of an adult life, it's because you raised them thinking that they were in charge of everything and that ain't how the world works and you need to stop being a friend. You need to start being a parent. I'm not talking about abusing your children and beating them with sticks. I'm talking about teaching them that there's consequences to actions and that you will be respected because you will have the final say because you're the one paying the bills, period, end of story, no question mark. It's where we are today. And Paul says, Children, obey your parents. And the Lord for this is right. Honor. Look at the next verse. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Not only do you need to obey your parents, but you need to honor them. I I don't i i don't get that i i listen i don't get that people talking to their parents like they're a dog that let me tell you something your parents brought you into this world and they ain't perfect and i understand that i don't know anybody that is perfect but they brought they gave you life they fed you they cared for you and here you are and you need to honor your parents and that goes beyond obedience obedience I understand obedience stops when you reach adulthood and you move out. We understand that, but honor is forever. Um, I'm I'm 29 years old, okay? I've lived on my own for a long time. I got my first job when I was 13. Um, By the time I was 15, I was working 36 hours a week and still going to high school, only four hours away from full time. So I've been kind of independent for a long time. Uh, I worked my way through college. My, my parents didn't have the money or to go out and pay for college. I went out and paid for it myself, and that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, joined the military at a fairly young age. Got married at a fairly young age. So I've been on my own for a long time. However, if my mother called me right now and said, uh, Son, you know, this has happened, that has happened, and I need something. She's going to get it. Why? Because I honor her because she is my mother, and she brought me life, and she cared for me, and it's my job to give her honor and respect. And I'm not going to talk to her any old way, and I promise you, you're not going to talk to her any old way. My kids ain't going to talk to her any old way. She's going to be honored. Okay, so honor goes past obedience. Now, it's a promise that God will give you a prosperous and long life if you honor your parents. Now, again, does this mean that you can just treat your kids like garbage and beat them half to death? No. Look at verse four. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. You, you don't dominate them in such a way that is abusive or that uh, uh, pushes them in an unhealthy way. But you do train them in the admonition of the Lord. And you can't do that, Dad, if you're not taking them Church, if you're not reading the Bible to them, if you're not praying with them, if you're not loving their mother in front of them, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. And so let me say this this is what we went over today is the model of the Christian home, it's God's way. Uh, you don't have to agree with it but you can be but you'll be wrong this is the this is the protocols that God laid out in God's word and i agree with bb Warfield who said the word of the bible is the word of god in such a way that when the bible speaks God speaks I agree with the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired of God and is profitable for abuse, for exhortation, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I know I butchered the verse, but you get the point. And so model your family God's way and wonder if you'll have a prosperous family. Here's the ironic part. Years ago, and I'm talking years, not 10 years, not 20 years, not 30, I'm talking 50, 60, 70 years ago, when this model was the norm in America, we had less crime, we had less depression, uh, we had less financial problems. It's a fact that two people are more in a marriage committed to each other or more finan- – I forgot where I read the statistic, but they are typically more financially stable Uh, than, as they call them, alternative lifestyles today. It's just a fact that if you do it God's way, it works better. And so I encourage you to model your home after God's word. May God bless you, and we hope you tune in next time.